Ladies and gentlemen of the world, welcome back to the Stuck in My Thoughts podcast. As always, I'm your host and All-American High Jumper, Justin Stuckey. This episode is brought to you by Simming Sporting Goods of Alabama. They have everything from hunting, fishing, and anything outdoors, and they will take care of you the same way they are taking care of us in today's episode, and we appreciate them. For this episode today, we have a special guest with us. She's an ESPN reporter, SEC Network reporter, and AL.com. She's a two-time Emmy Award winner, and she's also a former collegiate athlete at Rutgers University. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Miss Lauren Sisler. Thank former you. athlete, I love it. I, you literally teed me up so perfectly, and yeah. you nailed it first time. One take wonder, right? Yeah, there, one friends. take. This is one, one take, take on the Stuck in My Thoughts podcast. Lauren, thank you for being here. I, I just now figured I can call her Lauren, so I feel a little bit more honored. He did ask me in advance, <laughs> do I call you Lauren? Do I call you Miss Lauren, Miss Sisler, all the things? And I appreciate that about you. Um, yeah. Very respectful of that, but... <laughs> Lauren, we're good with that. Yeah, so you have a lot of uh, a lot of titles on your name already. I would just uh, assume you're pretty busy. Is that is that accurate? <sighs> busy. Well, I guess you can ask me that question when this podcast actually rolls out. But uh, <laughs> we are heading right into football season, as we know. It's oh, yeah. a very busy time of year. Although the million-dollar question is always, well, what do you do in the offseason? Look, you know as an athlete, there ain't no such thing as an offseason. Yeah. But... Um, we have football season rapidly approaching, super excited about it. We've got our ESPN seminar coming up. We go to Charlotte for that and uh, kind of meet as a team, as a group, kind of get everybody on the same page. Love getting that opportunity to kind of meet with all the reporters and the anchors and the, um, you know, the play-by-play, the analysts, the producers, everyone that we're working with. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is we get assigned our crews and then we get dispersed every week. We don't get to see everybody, right? I get to watch my friends on TV when their game's on and, you know, I'm sitting uh, at the hotel eating dinner or, you know, in my hotel room studying for my game. Oh, there's my friend Dawn. Oh, there's my friend Stormy Taylor. You know, I get excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to have the opportunity to kind of get everybody together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about to be go time. Uh, you know, fall camp starting for, for, for most programs right now. And, um, yeah. It's coming fast and furious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to be on a plane some this, this year? Um, yeah. This so, of course, I, I, I love this because, um, you know, I rack up those points. Oh, yeah. Uh, rack up those miles, uh, <laughs> you know, when I jump on a plane. So, I would say that – now, it, it is nice because I am based in Birmingham, mm-hmm. right? So, it is it is nice that I can jump in a car and get most places. Usually, my rule of thumb, if it's, if it's four hours or under, I'm going to jump in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot of times it's easier to get in a car and just drive the four hours versus like take a flight and typically you can't do a direct flight and all those things. So, you know, if I go to Georgia, I'm going to get in a car. Knoxville, I actually get in a car because Knoxville is actually halfway to my home in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, Shout out, Virginia. Shout out. (laughs) Virginia's for lovers. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. But yeah, so I will just, you know, it kind of depends on how things go. But yes, every single week of the year, basically we get our assignments on Sunday we, you know, start booking our travel, we mm-hmm. start doing our production meetings, and then we're getting ready for um, whatever game it is we're getting ready for. And we have to do a lot of studying, a lot of prep, and um, then we're taking off. But it's been cool to see a lot of different schools, a lot of different programs, and, um, you know, kind of being embedded in the SEC is a great foundation and have certainly enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, um, shout out to the SEC. Your boy is coming. I'm coming to the SEC very soon. Oh, I know, right? Look, I got my SEC logo on. What yeah. side is it on? Oh, shout right out to the there. SEC da-da, or da-da, Eagle. Da-da. All that good stuff. Yes. So all the student athletes, you know, for the fall sports are getting prepared and getting geared up for their seasons. Let's go back in time, not too long ago, when you were a student athlete. You know, you were a captain of the gymnastics team at Rutgers University. Yep. 
How do you feel like the student-athlete experience shaped you? Because in my personal opinion, student-athletes give a, have a different perspective on a lot of things, you know, being in that circle. So how did it shape you when you were in that? Man, I'll tell you, I look back at my experience at Rutgers and just being a student-athlete and the significance of that. I, you know, sometimes I get choked up even talking about it because I do feel like, and I know we're going to get more into my story, but how, you know, athletics shapes us, right? Mm -hmm. Athletics is such a big part of our lives. I was a gymnast since the age of three. And I know I'm sitting down right now, but y'all, I'm five foot nine, a little bit too tall to be a (laughs) gymnast. But hey, you know what? God had a plan for me. And he just said, you know, this is how it's going to be. I had to figure it out. I had to um, sort of evolve with my my growth spurt. Mm -hmm. Um, But I made it work. And I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to go to Rutgers. It was always a dream of mine because at five foot nine, uh, you know, and I wasn't five foot nine. I actually kept growing when I got to, 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 to college, but I wasn't going to be an Olympian, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have the physique. Like I, I, I wasn't in that sort of homeschool life where you sort of set aside six, seven, eight hours a day to train for the Olympics. So I wasn't at that level. Um, like some people <laughs> that are training. Oh my gosh. That are getting there. I'm going to hype him up. Yeah, hype him up. 2024 Paris. Yeah. You're going to see me. Don't you yes, worry. We are going to see him. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be cheerleader (laughs) but I knew Olympics was probably not happening but hey what can I do so obviously the college scholarship was sort of what I felt was within reach Mm -hmm. and the experience is just second to none you know you it's so hard to put a price tag on it and I think that is for me where you know this conversation of NIL comes up and you know getting paid to play and, and, you know, what comes with being a college athlete. I do think there is still so much value in being a student athlete and the the resources that you get, and you know this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, just having the team, having the camaraderie, having the people surrounding you, the teammates, and just the resources and the support to get through school. Because let's be real, you, you, you know, you clock out on high school and you're clocking in on college life. It is a totally different ballgame. Two different worlds totally different worlds and there's no way to prepare Mm -hmm. truly truly prepare for it and so I think having that family and having those people surround you the college experience was certainly one that um I will forever be grateful for and Rutgers never on my radar and I am so thankful for my Rutgers family and um by the way y'all football fans out there Rutgers invented college football (laughs) 1869 so you can't ever take that away from us oh my goodness Shout out Rutgers, too. We're just going to give your school the credit right now. Scarlet Knights, y'all. Scarlet. So this year, we celebrated 50 years of Title IX. And that's, you know, a great feat, especially for women in college athletics and stuff. How do you feel, like, since your time being in college athletics, do you feel women's sports has grown or the lack of growth? What is your, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's certainly a great question. And um, it's kind of crazy thinking about that, you know, uh, 50 years and just where things have come. And, you know, I've seen the evolution of the athletics, not only as an athlete myself um, in college, but obviously post-college and Mm -hmm. getting to cover athletes on a, you know, a regular basis and just seeing the growth. I think there has, uh, you know, certainly been a tremendous amount of growth in terms of the notoriety. What I love, and I use this as an example, as a former gymnast, right, you go to uh, Auburn Arena, we'll give Mm -hmm. them a shout out, Coleman Coliseum, I mean, not to not to downplay the basketball teams because you know they sometimes pack out the arenas, but the gymnastics team—they're loaded. They're loaded. They're getting sellout crowds almost every weekend, and it's so amazing to me because the sports scene, especially the women's sports scene, has been able to elevate itself. And I really think a lot of that is credit to the 
television networks mm-hmm. that have given them that opportunity to be broadcast and showcase on the regional and or national stage, bringing that uh, attention to them. So it's not just your your you know your footballs and your basketballs and your baseballs that you're seeing on television. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing a variety of sports and not just men's sports, but women's sports as well. So I do think that that support has been there and just the love that I feel um, that women are getting in the sports arena and sports world, because we're seeing that the abilities uh, that women have, you know, in their, in their own right, in their own respective sports, um, you know, can match that of, you know, the men's sports. And it's just fun to see the backing and the support that comes behind that and being a part of that. So the growth has been tremendous and uh, certainly shout out to all my ladies out there that are, you know, bumping and grinding and getting it going and just going after it. And certainly, um, you know, making sure that they, uh, you know, kind of represent at female mm-hmm. women's athletics, um, the way that they have. And, uh, it's been, it's been fun to watch. Yeah. It's great to see like the evolution of women's sports. And I know for you, you're usually covering college, but on the professional side of things, there's a big debate right now going on with just the WNBA and the NBA. Like I saw a stat talking about how LeBron James's one contract was more than any of the athletes in the WNBA's contract. And you know, you talk about things like you know TV rating, people showing up to games, different things like that. How do you feel like women's sports, more so on a professional side, can get more traction? Yeah, I think you know, number one, we talk about the the, the television networks and how they have started to broadcast more events. Mm. Obviously, the digital world has certainly helped with that. And I think that, you know, social media, while sometimes you and I had this conversation, you know, uh, when we met at Melt and had yeah. our, our grilled cheese sandwiches, well, I had a grilled cheese sandwich. Shout out, Melt. If you want to sponsor, yeah. brother, let, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> My mac and cheese grilled cheese was amazing. <laughs> um, but when we had lunch, you know, we talked about this. Social media can be, uh, you know, a detriment in some ways if you get too uh, engrossed in it and a lot of the comparisons, but it can also be, you know, a benefit, right? And we know that this podcast will mm-hmm. end up on social media and, um, you know, it can be used in a great way. And I think that how female athletes represent themselves and kind of show up and, mm-hmm. and are able to, you know, kind of break down some of those barriers and use their voice, their platform, and these social mediums to really sort of speak up and speak out about, um, you know, sort of finding that equality when it comes to, to, to women's athletics and, uh, you know, men's athletics. And, um, you know, I definitely have seen a growth in that. And I just love that, you know, we're at a place now where we're recognizing, um, you know, men and women equally. And while I know the, 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 the pay scale is mm-hmm. quite a bit different, um, I think there have been things implemented in trying to get that to become more equivalent. I couldn't you know, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily would be an expert in kind of diving and taking you behind the curtains of like what people make. But like you said, you can take some of the highest paid, you know, men's athletes and mm-hmm. then, you know, take it on the women's side and you're going to see a quite, you know, a deviation. Yeah. But I do think that more attention is being brought to it and that um, there's definitely a lot more opportunity for women out there now to um, get to that professional side of things. Yeah, I think it's definitely growing. And as you see, like, more and more people are speaking out about it. So I feel like that's turning heads in general and starting to get more traction there. It's just going to continue to be, you know, people to appreciate male and female sports because these females out here are getting it done. Like Getting it done. Females out here are getting it done, man. And it's going to take a lot of people, like, you know, swallowing some pride and understanding that, you know, females can, they can go crazy too yeah. in their own way. So, like, I feel like it's a, 
a big thing to do. I actually, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend. I want to go oh. see the Atlanta Dream play. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to the Dream. Right, make it there. I'm ready to see some. That's awesome. Some yeah, good and hoops. you know, and I think when you when you talk about the different sports, um, you know, I, what I love about athletics in general, every sport to me has a unique personality, mm-hmm. right? Um, gymnastics has its own unique personality. There's a performance element to it, right? You kind of go out, you perform, and I think that certain athletes um, and, and certain gymnasts over the course of time, especially in recent years, have kind of brought some attention to the sport because of that performance aspect and things that have gone viral. Oh my gosh, watch this girl's, uh, you know, routine and and just seeing, um, you know, how how that sport has has used its personality, so to speak, to kind of elevate it, right? Mm-hmm. Same goes for softball and, you know, track and field and, you know, volleyball. I think every sport has its own unique um, sort of personality to it and to be able to kind of leverage that and bring that to the forefront. And, you know, i got to be honest with you, as someone that just recently covered the World Games here in Birmingham, it was so cool to be sort of in the mix of that and seeing even some of these sports that you know nothing about or knew very little about coming in, for instance, breaking, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that was a sport that I didn't even know now is going to be in the 2024 Olympics. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I've always wanted to learn to break. You guys are out? I mean, I'd love to. I got a couple (laughs) lessons in it. If you go check out my social media, um, Sunny Choi showed me a few moves. She's from New York and, uh, she ended up winning the silver medal for, you know, the women's division or uh, B-girl, I should say, B-girl and B-boy. Um, but, uh, you know, recognizing these sports and, and being able to see that other countries and other places outside of the United States are, you know, paying specific attention and or, you know, giving respect to sports mm-hmm. that are outside of just that top tier. Because I think sometimes we get in a bubble of like, top tier sports. And I experienced that at Rutgers, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we technically as a gymnastics team were a tier two sport because we weren't in the big 10 at the time. We were technically big East, but there is no such thing as big East gymnastics. So in theory, we kind of had a league of our own. And a lot of times it was recognized differently than a football, basketball, baseball, and some of the other top tier sports. Mm -hmm. And so I love that there's kind of an even playing field that's coming into focus and, you know, still a lot of work to be done, but um, I think we're getting there. Okay, I got you, I got you. So you just mentioned Rutgers again. Let's move back to your time there. And I think everybody can attest to this, especially if you've been in college. If you're in high school, just wait till it comes. Freshman year, when you're getting to college, it's a big transition. You know, there's good times, there's bad times. It's a learning curve for everybody. You know, you're going to have good things happen. You may have some um, adversity happen. And for you, when you were in college, you ran into some tough times. Um, you, we, we talked about your story um, when we've met before and you you see it when you go speak all around the country it's a very impactful story um to talk about you know you lost your parents in the matter of hours you know at your your time in college talk about how you overcame because we can talk about you know the negatives but I like to focus on the positive how were you able to overcome your situation of adversity at that time period in college yeah, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to share that. You know, certainly um, we talk about how our life experiences have shaped us, and most certainly the loss of my parents. You know, I was just a freshman at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them had been going to a pain management doctor and struggling with um, chronic pain and had been taking uh, several prescription drugs to sort of help them cope with that pain, and eventually, you know, they started to misuse uh, those prescription drugs as, um, you know, it became, you know, 
part of their everyday life, their ability to function was tied to those prescription drugs. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it came as a shock to my family and certainly um, never in a million years thought that my parents wouldn't still be here today, you know, cheering me on through, you know, all the life's milestones, uh, you know, graduating from college and, and you know, getting married and uh, getting married twice, actually, to the same person, but the <laughs> pandemic and then the next year uh, we did the celebration. But, you know, always envisioned my parents being there to walk me down the aisle and to be part of that. And then, you know, even now being, uh, you know, a sports reporter, uh, you know, I just think about my parents, you know, giving me a call and, you know, oh, well, we saw you on TV. Oh, you know, it's so, so great to, to kind of just be my biggest cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that component is certainly missing now, but spinning it to the positive side of things, you know, I do feel like that situation has shaped me and you know we really are are you know we we can oftentimes be defined by defeat you mm-hmm. know and i kind of use that phrase defined by defeat because a lot of times it's when we are challenged that we're able to take those challenges and use them in a positive way mm-hmm. and i can truly say that you know when i talk about rutgers and how close they are to my heart you know i went back to school 2 weeks after burying both my parents you know, my family, my aunt, my aunt Linda basically said, Lauren, like, you've got a commitment to yourself, your university, your teammates, you've got to go back to school. And I really just didn't see there being another option at the time. Mm-hmm. And as I look back on the last 19 years of my life, I had so many choices when my parents passed away. Of, I could go this way or this way, this way or this way. And were all the choices and all the directions that I went the right way? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I do feel like you know, taking adversity and being able to use that is such a key piece to what makes us mm-hmm. resilient, what makes us who we are. And I am forever grateful that while I wish I could bring my parents back and wish I could have them in my life now, I'm also grateful for what it has taught me and the perspective it has given me with them not here um, with me. And I certainly think it has it has lent itself to, you know, opening doors that, you know, perhaps maybe I would have been afraid to open had mm-hmm. uh, I not experienced such a significant loss at an early point in time in my life. Yeah. So it's, it's great how you can look at it from that perspective and, like we said, just turn a negative into a positive. That's a, that's a situation I can't relate to. I know many people that, who have lost parents, especially during college, and, you know, it takes a village, it takes a circle, and you talk about your family members that helped you through that time um, as well, and I think that's very impactful to know that like, you can't do it alone. That's the biggest thing, and understanding that if you're going through something, speak up. There's going to be people wanting to be in your corner, wanting to help you, because sometimes we need people to pick us up. And so that's very impactful to talk about. So what what advice would you give to somebody who's going through adversity, you know, whether big or small? Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the here's the first thing, um, you know, being being there for someone. You talk about that circle, right? Mm-hmm. We've all experienced different things in our lives. And while maybe, you know, um, some people can't relate to having lost a parent because they haven't gone through that, but they've experienced some sort of loss in their life, something significant and not to downplay that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think a lot of times we're in this comparison game, you know, and, and I oftentimes find that sometimes people, you know, they want to offer, offer support, but they say, you know, I, I just, I can't relate. I've never been through that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our experiences are going to be different, but kind of leaning into each other and being able to take a situation, take, something that has happened and, you know, to use it in a positive way. And I mm-hmm. think for me, a lot of that is embracing my story, owning it. You know, I dealt with so much shame 
from the circumstance of how my parents passed away. That shame component was eating me alive because I was so ashamed that my parents died of prescription drug overdoses mm -hmm. because in, in my mind and in my world, that was shameful. And I know that it was shameful for my parents and a big reason why we didn't know yeah. that's how they passed away. And so, um, you know, I think kind of addressing some of those underlying issues are important, but leaning into that support, knowing that it's okay to go see a counselor, to see a therapist, to um, focus on your own personal health and your own mental health and your well-being. And I think as athletes, sometimes we, we, we expect ourselves to be perfect. and That stigma, yeah. The stigma, unbreakable, unbeatable, and, you know, we do everything we can not to fail, um, not to take the take the loss, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, a game, a match, a competition, but also in life, you mm -hmm. know, nobody wants to take the L, but sometimes it's those L's and that, 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 that loss column that help us to grow and to find our way back into the win column and to be stronger than ever. Yeah. And so I just think leaning into your resources, being okay with not being okay. Right. You know, um, and, and, and especially as student athletes and as being surrounded by, you know, different resources, stepping up and just saying, hey, you know, I've got this issue going on. I want to address it. And then, you know, ultimately using that in a way to maybe encourage and inspire other people. Hey, I went through this thing. How can I help you? And also just taking inventory. Yeah. Taking inventory of yourself, but also those around your teammates, right? You know, sometimes I think people try to judge a book by its cover on the outside. Hey, you might be the most, the happiest, most energetic person but underneath it all, you know, maybe you're fighting something, maybe you're struggling with something. So I think just taking that inventory, it can be really important. And, you know, just checking in on people, just mm -hmm. checking in a quick hello, a hi, how's it going? And I think a lot of times we lose sight of that, especially in this world of social media. Yeah, because that's what I was about to say. Social media is a big blanket, like you said, of, you know, you don't get the whole story. You yeah. can look a certain way on, you know, social media, everything, life is good, all that. But behind closed doors, you may be in shambles. Yep. And you don't really know, but so I got to talk to people. You got to have yes. you got to have your core. You have have your core group. Yep. And I think too, you know, people project what they want you to see, and a lot of times, you know, uh, it's easy to say, oh well, you know, I saw this post from this person. You know, they post about their kids or this or that or a life event, and you almost feel like you're there with them. Mm -hmm. And instead of reaching out and checking in, oh, I already know everything that's going on in their life. I don't need to check in. And I think sometimes that interpersonal connection gets um, rattled and yeah. gets broken because of social media. So I think, um, you know, reaching out, talking to people and just, you know, taking that extra time to just check in. Hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. um, just want to show my love and support. And, you know, you might find that people will open up to you more and you know, maybe you'll find somebody struggling with something that you can be of assistance with and be a support system for them. Yeah, that's. That's major. If you don't take anything away from this podcast, please take that away. You know, it's important to have people in your circle. And then sometimes in life, you may not have people, but you may have the Lord. And he's, he's, he's the one. And on this episode and on this podcast in general, I love talking about, you know, faith. Me and you are both express believers, which I love. We're both Christians, Christian athletes at one point as well. And just want to know, how do you feel like your, your journey that you've been on, you know, just from the start in general, not just the last 19 years, but your journey in general, how has that increased your faith? First of all, I love the segue. This guy's a pro here. Yeah. Like when you can seg on into that. You like how I merged that? Yeah. yeah, you did that. Uh, segways are uh, a big part of this and you nailed it. Um, 
you know, faith has been such a big part of my journey. And I will say going through a lot of the, uh, you know, the, tra the, the tragedy that I did, especially at Rutgers, you know, out of the gate, I was sort of always the cheerleader and the, you know, let's have faith and, and, you know, growing up and with my parents when things would maybe seemingly be down, maybe the finances weren't going great. Um, obviously my parents being in a lot of pain, you know, I was kind of always the bigger, big cheerleader for the Lord. Hey, mm -hmm. he's going to get us through this. He's going to get us through this. And then when my parents passed away, there was a, there was a, there was a moment, several moments of doubt, several moments of anger. How could this happen to me? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why me? Why me? Why me? Um, and I found that I sort of had to kind of do the whole, like, eh, I can do this on my own. I got this to really, you know, turn around and say, wait a sec. Like, I never was doing this on my own. God mm -hmm. was carrying me through this all along. I just had to see that for myself and sort of bring myself back to it. And then got involved with some athletes in action at Rutgers, that sort of organization that's similar to FCA. Um, Love FCA. And, you know, uh, just having that foundation, you know, of other believers and, and athletes that share that same faith was important for me. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been important for me to continue growing my faith. My faith has continued to grow. And there are times, and I think we can all relate to this, where we kind of take a couple steps away and we're like, uh. And then we're like, wait a sec, let's bring it back in. We got to come back to the core mm -hmm. of who we are and our, our, our purpose and who is driving this ship. And it ain't us. It sure ain't us. Believe that. It is not us. And so, um, you know, just remembering that. And, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, that I've kind of loved um, when we talk about resilience, we talk about faith, you know, talking with my therapist that I've been seeing now for a few years who uh, has just really helped me kind of un unpack some of the emotions and things that, you know, we all experience, right? And, you know, I've learned that emotions are fleeting, right? And you're going to have emo you're gonna have emotions that are going to pick you up and, and, and put you put you up here and then emotions that are going to get you down and they're going to be woven in throughout all 24 hours of your day. Yeah. And just knowing that when you do come to a crossroads and you do have a struggle and you do get to a place where, um, you know, uh, you're questioning where you are, step back in your faith and just say, Hey, like God, like I'm having some feelings about this. I don't, I don't know where I'm at. I, I don't know where I'm going, but it's, it's having that faith that you can, overcome and you will overcome and this moment in time this emotion of feeling sadness or this darkness mm -hmm. is a fleeting emotion it is going to go away but while you're in that darkness while you're in that place of uncertainty lean into god because he's ultimately going to be the one that's going to bring you back into the light you just got to trust and have faith and you know sometimes it's not on our terms it's never on our terms really and it's on his terms but um you know his timeline and I think that when you can be firm in that faith and just know, like, I mean, like, hope is such a beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. to me, hope is a gift, right? Hope is something, hope and faith are two things that I feel like is a gift that we are given and granted every single day when we wake up. And, you know, if we knew what tomorrow held and 20 years from now held, then there would be no faith. Yeah. There would be no hope. And so um, we can't predict everything and we can't know exactly what direction we're heading, but having faith and having hope and tomorrow and um our purpose in life i think is what drives me and you know certainly i think you know others like yourself um who are followers of, of christ and um how we can use that to to inspire other people mm -hmm. yeah it's just important that like as actively and open as you are and i am right now just to stand firm in your faith in every single aspect you're in any environment that you're in and i i just saw a 
I think I was on TikTok. I saw a TikTok video of Sydney McLaughlin, and it was right after she just won the world championships. And she was basically talking about standing firm in her faith despite, you know, what else is going on. You know, she's got major sponsors, things like that. And she was like, she'd much rather stand firm in her faith and, you know, express to the world that she is a Christian and try to bring that hope and joy, you know, to make accessible to others, regardless of she may potentially lose a sponsorship, things like that. How, for you, you've been working on major networks. We listed all your titles. you got a lot of them. You've been working on these major networks. How are you able to do that while standing firm in your faith as a believer and as a Christian? That is such a great question, Justin, because I'll be honest with you. That was always an area of, um, you know, kind of a gray area mm-hmm. where I, especially entering into, you know, the 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 TV broadcast world and then also with social media. And it's like, okay, where do I stand on this? How do I, how do I, um, express my faith, but in a way that, uh, you know, isn't maybe too pressing or, um, you know, is, is respectful for Mm -hmm. other people. And I think that, you know, is my ultimate goal. And and one thing that I do, and I know you've got a question coming up, so I don't want to give it all away because you talk about some superstitions and things that we're going to get into in a minute. But (laughs) one thing that I do like to do, um, especially when I go out and report and step foot on that football field or whatever it is I'm covering in a given day is, you know, asking God to give me the voice and the ability to tell a story that might impact someone else's life. Right. Mm -hmm. And whatever that looks like, whether it's just a quick 10 second blurb or, you know, I get out there and share a story or the story unfolds on the field and I'm, you know, in, in some way, shape or form part of delivering that story and allowing people that are at home watching on TV to say, Mm -hmm. wow, like this, this is amazing. And, um, when they can see that, you know, God's, God's heart and, you know, um, just his, his direction and guidance is is sort of cast onto that story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so important. And so it is hard sometimes because you don't know how your faith will be accepted and, and it may not be accepted by all, but for me, my job is just to share what I believe in mm-hmm. and um, really to be open arms, you know, to all people and just to say, Hey, like, I love you. And, you know, I want to, I want to be the person that someone comes to when they have questions or are going through a difficult time in their life. And, you know, they don't feel that, um, you know, whether they're a believer or not a believer, they know they can come to me and mm-hmm. say, Hey, like, I've got this thing. I'm really struggling with it. What is your, you know, what's your advice? How, how do I handle this? And, you know, just kind of navigating that way. And, and, you know, I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, we can kind of be sort of those, uh, you know, we, we can guide people in a certain way and then God kind of does the rest. Yeah. He and, does his and work I think after that's that. important. Yeah. Um, but standing firm in that faith, I think, is really important and, uh, you know, living by that. And I think a lot of times you can almost stand in a room or be present on social media or be present in a setting and people kind of know, you know, pretty pretty quickly where your heart is. Yeah, something's different about those, that guy or that girl, say. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what we love to hear. I was actually having a conversation with a friend yesterday just about standing out as Christians in general and having people look back and, you know, they may be Christians or they may not be and say, you know, something's different about that guy, something's just about that girl, and I want to know about it. And I think that's our that's our calling, that's our agenda as, you know, believers while we're on this earth is just to make sure other people, you know, know that that is out there and that they're, you know. The door's open. Yeah, the door's open. Come just on, come on walk, in when you're ready. Walk through, yeah. Come on in. So that's great. So stuck in my thoughts podcast. You already know how we talk about faith 
and you ever have any questions, reach out. Feel, feel free to reach out, and we'll help you out here. Which, by the way, stuck in my thoughts, like literally when we were eating our grilled cheeses and you were eating your healthy whatever chicken wrap. Yeah. Um, you were literally talking about like, you know, I want to do this podcast. I don't quite know what I'm going to name it yet. And you were kind of, you, you hadn't really, you hadn't really unveiled what it was going to be. But mm-hmm. when you put out there stuck in my thoughts, I was like that guy right there. Shout out Anaya Jones. Nailed it. Shout out Anaya, Anaya. Jones. Anaya Jones is the key to the stuck in my thoughts name. She is very, Anaya. Um, very impactful. Very smart. She's actually doing an internship for Nike right now. Okay. So like she's big timing. Okay. Yeah, she 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 does her thing. So So is she like the queen of like hashtags and like titles and She's just... the queen of getting it done. She wow. makes a way, she does her thing and shout out Anaya. Cuz I know she's going to listen to it. She's supportive as well. Uh, we need support. Anaya, people. we love you. Love you get you. like quadruple likes like Parks. just Yeah, all that. All the likes. So, Lauren on the Stuck in My Thoughts podcast, we have these things called the Dropbox questions. I kind of gave her a little insight of what they would be, just help her out. Now, we want these, you know, not like crazy rapid, but we want them. Yeah, got to move. And, you know, I'm in the business of communicating. I like to talk a lot because I'm pretty sure this podcast, I don't even know what time it is and what time we started, but I'm pretty sure we've been going for um, for a little while here. Yeah. So hopefully we got, you We got to wrap are, it up. Um, you know. Got to wrap, wrap it up, up here. All right. Yeah. First question. Who is the favorite, your favorite person you've ever interviewed? Well, I got to be honest with you. Come on. Like, Charles Barkley, how much fun is he? Yes. Like, that dude is just so much fun, as advertised, no filter, as genuine as they come, and literally has one of the biggest hearts. And so former, I, I just got to say. Former Auburn basketball player. Yeah. See, now you're on that Auburn train. So you can shout him out, right? Charles, if you see this, be on the show. That's all yeah. I have to say. Charles, I met him on my official visit you. as well. He oh, was, you did? Yeah, yeah. That's right. You got the pick with him. Yeah, yeah. Charles... I don't want a picture this time. We want you in Lauren's seat. Yes. So we need. I love it. I love it. Make it the pitch. Second, second question. We've seen on your Instagram, and if you haven't seen, you need to go check this out. You're a big avid dancer. You do a lot of, you bust a lot of moves on there. Mm. Would you ever consider mm. joining Dancing mm. with the Stars? Yes and yes. Um, I would love, <laughs> I would love to. I'm much more of a freestyler, okay. and I would love to just kind of break it down and learn some some different types of dancing mm-hmm. besides just flailing around like the flailer that I am. <laughs> um, so Dancing with the Stars would be a dream of mine, most certainly. So if we can make a pitch for that, that'd be great. Um, yep, yep, yep. I don't know if people want to see me on that show, uh, but I think I think with some guidance, I could uh, I could I could be pretty decent, maybe. Yeah. Hey, Dancing with Stars, your people get with my people or her people. She's got a lot of people, and we'll set it up. Yeah, we'll set it up. Let's go. Okay. You can interview three people, dead or alive. Who would it be? Okay, so um, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if I want to go, like, in a particular order here, but I will say that I would love to interview um, – are we going just athletes? Or you can do whatever. Anybody. Okay. The Stuck in My Thoughts podcast open to anybody, so I would think you should do that as well. Open the, open the floor to anybody. Open the floor to anybody. Gosh. Okay, see, now my brain just started spinning in a big way. Um, you know, I will say that I would love to interview someone like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods oh, yeah. is definitely high on, the, high on the list. 
Number one, I was at the 2019 Masters when he won one of the greatest comebacks. I love his story, and I just love that he has um, become more and more open to sharing his story and mm-hmm. where life has taken him, and life is not perfect, and we all, you know, we can literally be up here one minute and down here at the next. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to see that. So Tiger Woods would definitely be one of them. Um, I think another person that I would love to interview would be Simone Biles. Okay. Um, Simone Biles, she followed me on Visco one time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Big timer. Yeah, hey, hey. I love that. Yeah, hey. That's awesome. Um, but Simone Biles, obviously the GOAT, one of the greatest of all time. She definitely sets uh, has set a precedent for the sport of gymnastics, but also has really come to the forefront with mental health as of mm-hmm. late with the recent Olympics. And, you know, somebody that I have just, uh, you know, adore and think she is phenomenal um, on every level. And so... The third person. See, now you've got me thinking outside the sports realm. We have been in the sports realm, though, so we can stay there. We can stay there, so if you, it makes life some, a little bit easier. Yeah, you put some heavy hitters out there. Tiger Woods, Simone Biles. Who's yeah. the last one? Um, let me put out there... Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Now you're going to probably have to cut this. Ooh, ooh, like ooh. We need through. you on the... On need, <laughs> <laughs> we need an interview with ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, there's just so many of them. Um, I kind of wanted to go like, uh, like, go into like the musical side of things. Oh yeah, we love entertainment. Um, you know, because I will say that I I grew up on a plethora of music, and um, a lot of the music that I grew up on definitely takes me back to a time when my parents were living mm-hmm. and some of the gymnastics meets and traveling and being all around the world. Uh, one of the one of the groups that we used to listen to a lot were the Traveling Wilburys, which was the super band that um, has multiple, I guess, musical artists in it, one of them being Tom Petty. Um, <laughs> love me some Tom Petty. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin's another one, but uh, it's Tom Petty, Roy Orbison, and... Now I'm going to draw a blank on the other three that are in this super band. And now I feel like I'm just rambling. But, <laughs> um, you know, kind of being in the mu- music world, I would love to kind of like take a trip down memory lane with some of those musical artists that we listen to. So I would say somebody like Tom Petty would be very high on my list. Led Zeppelin would be very high on my list. Um, love some Leonard Skinner, some CCR, some of that Southern rock uh, would definitely be pretty cool to kind of go there and um, maybe have that interview with uh, my parents sitting next to me. It'd be yeah. pretty cool. That, w- that would be nice. I like that. I like that. Okay. Last one. What NCAA gymnast impresses you the most right now? Well, um, I'm going to give a shout out to your girl over at Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Suni Lee. Um, look, you know, one thing I got to say about her and, and what I love is, you know, I know there was obviously a lot that came from the Olympics and what was going on, you know, with, with, with Simone Biles and her coming in and obviously stepping up to the plate and having a phenomenal performance. Now she's at Auburn mm-hmm. doing More her Eagle. thing, getting ready. And what I love is, you know, I know we talk about NIL, um, and a lot of what, what has come of NIL and you know I know there's some negative thoughts behind it but also some very positive thoughts and I will say for someone like her to be able to go compete in the Olympics and then come live the dream as well as a collegiate athlete Mm -hmm. you know what it's like to be a collegiate athlete being robbed of that is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. and I think that anyone that can have that opportunity to be at the top of their game and then get to go be at the top of their game um, on the collegiate level is an amazing experience. And so I love that for her. She's so much fun to watch. And um, I've got to give out a a shout out to Bruce Pearl, who, you know, kind of, kind of coined the whole 
you know, Auburn is an everything school. Everything so school. shout out to him to bringing gymnastics to the forefront and just getting to see um, that sport obviously grow in notoriety as well, um, you know, behind someone like Suni Lee, who is just a, a fun personality. So we'll uh, give her a shout out as well. I know you're yeah. hoping to maybe get her on the show. Hey, Suni, when I get on campus, we'll talk. And Bruce, we're going to definitely talk. Shout out to all my War Eagle people. Lauren, thank you for being on today's yes. episode of the Stuck in My Thoughts podcast. You can find this podcast on all platforms. The visual is going to be on YouTube, and the audio is going to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So y'all check us out, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you later. We out. <laughs>